0: Howdy. Howdy! Well, it's Advent, y'all. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, I, I, I will be completely honest. When I was growing up, I, I went to a church that didn't celebrate all the liturgy and everything. So decorating for the holidays was something that I never really saw that much until I started going to Lutheran churches. And so Advent has always had this like special place for me uh, because of getting a chance to see some of the shifts and, well, frankly the the cold weather you know it might actually you know reach sixty so um, with that is also w- Advent in many ways it's like a like a special story in many ways now I, I being a child of the 80s okay I have definitely not been uh, a stranger to good stories now a lot of the uh, movies and such that we would see whenever we were kids so I know not everybody's familiar with them. So uh, but let, me just, let me just tell you a few of the ones that I had known growing up. Uh, one of them uh, was the never-ending story, okay? So this idea that this uh, uh, young man has to go on a journey to try to save the world that's falling apart and try to figure out how to find hope in a hopeless world, okay? And there's a giant flying dog, okay? So that's got to be a great story no matter what, okay? And then, of course, there is the American tale, Okay, uh, it's a story of a little mouse that's uh, coming over into the new world. I, I believe he was originally from Russia, and his family comes with him, but he gets separated from his family, and he's trying to somehow find hope in, in New York as he's uh, lost and trying to find his family again. It, it, then, then of course, there was a Labyrinth, which is David Bowie, and that I still never quite understood. David Bowie and Muppets, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, David Bowie's a singer, so I, I don't know, I don't know. So, um, with it, though, is these stories always had a strange twist, though. It's kind of this, this joke among uh, people from my generation that, that somehow all these uh, children's movies always managed to also scar you mentally as a child as well. Because it's like never-ending story. They had Atreyu, and Atreyu had, had a horse named Artax. And the thing is, is that in the middle of this one portion, they're in this swamp. And the thing is, is that if you will let the the hopelessness and the depression get to you, it'll just suck you right in. So as a child, we're, we're watching as this horse gets pulled into the swamp and you're like, Artex. And it's like from then on, if you ever heard like somebody yelling out, you know, Artex, it's like you get PTSD from the horse being sucked into the swamp. Or or then the American tale, and it's like you end up seeing these gigantic, crazy-looking, like mechanical cats coming along and scaring you and and just imagining that you'd be lost in the middle of a city. I used to have nightmares that I'd be lost in downtown because of this. I mean, granted, Houston downtown at night, ooh, boy. Um, But with it, though, is that this idea that these beautiful stories, they would oftentimes have this dark side to them. Now, the thing is, is that as we come to this first season of Advent, and this is the the week of hope, and so I'm over here, you know, getting ready and looking at the different stories that we have, and I'm looking at Mark 13, and I'm uh, thinking to myself, oh, okay, you know, what, what beautiful story do we have in here for our gospel? Well, let's see here. Could it be the manger scene? Could it be the shepherds or the wise men? Oh, here it is. In those days the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That's not the only thing that's shaken. I'm over here looking at this trying to figure out what in the world are we supposed to do with this? How in the world is this hopeful? And the thing is is that a lot of these passages, And we, we a few weeks ago we talked about All the different end times theories that there are out there from premillennial to premillennial, dispensational to postmillennial to amillennial and everything else in between. And, And after a bit is, frankly, a lot of these things get to be kind of overwhelming, a little bit intimidating, a little bit scary. But let's be honest, it's also kind of real. You see, even as we are in the midst of this Advent season, the world hasn't stopped. There are still many issues that are facing us all around us from, you know, uh, uh, battles happening in Europe, uh, fighting happening in the Middle East, uh, issues of of inequity and and overthrow in Africa. Uh, So many things that are facing us even right now is whether or not there might be another outbreak happening in China for all we know. All these things that keep happening all around us, and we're trying to figure out how are we supposed to maintain the hope that Christ has declared to us at this time. But you see, in the midst of this, we are oftentimes trying to look for a way that our hope comes from a person that demonstrates strength. That's something that we've been discovering more and more, and it's not just that here in the U.S., Oftentimes, we're looking for the strong man that comes along and is somehow able to make us feel safe and comforted, Uh, not because they're necessarily right or very nice, but, well, they're strong, and, and we feel confident because of their strength. And that's the same thing throughout many of the countries around the world. We find so many elections that are happening in today's world that's based on somebody demonstrating how strong they are, that they can say whatever they want at whatever time, And it doesn't really matter what they're actually saying, just as long as they seem to feel strong enough to do so. Uh, One of the elections where apparently there is a a, a president that has come into uh, power who apparently gets all of his advice from five dogs that he has adopted. I'm not actually kidding you. He actually goes and gets advice from five dogs that he... uh, uh, Well, when I say adopted, I should actually say he has actually cloned them from the original dog that he had... And now uses them as his political advisors. I'm not kidding you. Go look it up. The thing is, is that even the very people electing him into office are like, yeah, we don't know what's about to happen. But hey, it couldn't be as bad as it used to be, right? This is oftentimes what we see in our world. I, I paused when I was trying to look up um, a military leader of some sort in our history that would be looked upon as a hero and started realizing oh, the last military person that we could all feel fairly confident looking up to as a hero is probably George Washington. And with that is so much of this is because we want somebody that just stands up for us. We want somebody who can get out there and take care of our enemies and do whatever's necessary. In many ways, we are thinking of things like Revelation 6. He opened the sixth seal. I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. Sound familiar? The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Oh, sounds kind of scary, except... who were under the altar, the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Because oftentimes we are waiting for God to come down in strength and to just put down all the people who have made life difficult for us. I feel oppressed, and so now I'm waiting for you to get down here and to take care of all of them for us. But what's the problem with that? The problem with that is who is actually in need of seeing God's authority. You see, when uh, when Carl was reading for us earlier, and he said in Isaiah 64, "Oh that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence." to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. But here's the problem. In verse 5 and 6, Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. When I was six... In the, the movie theaters, uh, there was a movie, Transformers, the movie. Uh, the soundtrack still plays in my head pretty regularly. Uh, Transformers, they were these robots. They, they could be like actual like robots, like a humanoid, but then they could also turn into vehicles and the like. So just, just in case, just in case, my Legos friend. With it is that we ended up sitting there, as I'm six years old, watching half of the characters I had fallen in love with die in this movie if you ever wanted to see a child cry but in this one scene there was this character named hot rod who jumps up and tries to attack the main villain megatron and megatron ends up grabbing him and using him as a shield against optimus prime and because of this character that was trying to do the right thing optimus prime ends up getting shot and killed But isn't that oftentimes us? Is that we have these mentalities of we are ready to see our enemies taken out and then realize that somehow our best efforts are the things that are actually making things worse? Sometimes, whenever we have to look in the mirror and see the very person that God has had to deal with, that's hard. Because in this season of Advent, we're, we want to feel good about things. We want to have hope. And then we pause and we look back at a year when we're wondering all the things that did not go well. In the season where things are colder and, and darker. And sometimes it's easy to focus on the times when we have been hopeless. But especially the times when we've been hopeless because of what we have done. The thing is, is that oftentimes when we look at this, we wonder how we can find hope in the midst of the hopeless. There was a part of that movie, though, that always stood out to me. You see, in it, there is a, a matrix. It is, uh, in a sense, it looks like a physical manifestation of like, the Holy Spirit in many ways. And granted, it's not a spiritual movie, but hey, I grew up in a Christian church. I can find the Christian theology wherever I like. But with it is that Hot Rod grabs it as it's about to fall. And that becomes the foreshadowing of his own growth and transformation over the course of that movie. And at the end, he becomes the one who is able to change things for everybody. See, that's the piece that we end up seeing in Isaiah 64 that we oftentimes skip over a bit. Now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. See, the thing is is that in the midst of all of these, not just references with movies and the like, and not just with the world that we're seeing around us, we're waiting that somehow some other character is going to come in and to bring what we're hoping for. And yet, what do we end up seeing in our world? It's constant waiting. When is it going to happen? When will our hope be fulfilled? But the problem is, is that It's not that God is waiting because he's forgotten us, but rather God is waiting because of us. In 2 Peter 3, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward You not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Because why is the Lord waiting? It's for us. This season of hope, this season of waiting to see what God is going to do, why? Because God is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to turn to Him and to say, God, I have been the issue I know that that the times whenever I am looking for others that I want you to just wipe out is that many times I've been the one that others see that way see the thing is is that whenever we're looking at our world around us is that oftentimes we're the ones that God is calling to be ready to be prepared and to go forth and to bring his light everywhere in this world. In this particular season, we realize that the Christ child that comes into this world was overlooked because people were looking for a military leader. And we know that so much of that generation did not even like, figure it all out even when Jesus had come after all. We still see decades of zealots and fighting with the Romans even to the point of trying to overthrow and finding from 66 to 70 AD that they still end up losing their temple and shortly thereafter being kicked out of their city. Things were not easy, even as they're not easy for us. Tomorrow, the world's not going to be easy. At Christmas, the world is not going to be easy. The new year the world's not going to be easy and i promise you that as soon as the wars that are happening right now will be done we'll probably have a few more shortly thereafter to take their place but why do we wait because god is waiting for you both for you to come to him and to say god i am the clay and i need you to shape me but also so that we can get out there and bring others to know that hope as well. Because the hope of the world is not complete just from us knowing. The hope of the world is completed by making sure everyone else knows it as well. So as we are coming into this season of Advent, this time of waiting, looking for the coming of the Messiah, let us realize that the Christ child has to grow has to be born, has to be raised up before he can bring the salvation that he has promised. Because in the midst of the waiting is when God has a chance to reach you and through you to reach the world around us. May we know that light and may we bring that hope to the world that needs it. Thanks be to God.